Hi everyone, my name is Sofia Huerta and I play professional soccer for the OL Reign and you are listening to Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 112 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Um, this is your host as always, Charles Hamaker. I know last week I had Bennett and it was kind of the hope that uh, Bennett would be able to do more episodes kind of in a in a row here but um just because of scheduling um that is not going to be possible uh today at least uh, this week so with that being said uh as always i don't like to waste time and we've got a good amount of news to go through so we'll get right into it uh seattle seahawks over the past week in week 11 took on the arizona cardinals at home they would lose that game 23 to 13 um so post game thoughts uh, with Kyler Murray out uh, starting quarterback, Kyler Murray was Curry, Kyler Murray was out and starting wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins were both out of that game for Arizona. So it was Colt McCoy. Yes. The same Colt McCoy that the Seahawks lost to last year when he was starting for the giants. Um, so, you know, a, a league MVP candidate and Kyler Murray, and one of the better wide receivers in the league when healthy and DeAndre Hopkins both out. The Seahawks still lose to the Cardinals uh, and Colt McCoy. This is back-to-back seasons that Seattle has lost to a team led by McCoy. Uh, the defense gives up 328 air yards to McCoy, failing to cover tight end Zach Ertz, who had 88 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Um, that Cardinals offense did fumble four times, but the Seahawks were unable to come up with any of them. Um on the offensive side of the ball for Seattle, the ineptitude continues to plague the team in the season. I'm just going to say it. I was pretty pessimistic about this team last week, um, but I think it's official that the season is lost. Um, Russell does not look like himself. Uh, the play calling is not doing them any favors. Uh, Pete Carroll continues to stick by his guys and his stubbornness. Uh, it's just not a good look. Uh, and quite frankly, you know, just considering the draft state of this team, I know that the past two years in terms of drafts still need to really show out and uh, make their impact because, you know, it's kind of tough to grade anybody, you know, two years into their career in this league. Um, but outside of that, you know, you, this team has not set itself up for success through the draft. Um, you're missing multiple picks in the next coming years. Um, it doesn't look bright. The future is I'd say the future's grim. I mean, Pete Carroll, uh, he has to retire, you'd think, in the you know somewhat near future, uh, especially if you don't have Russell Wilson. If you don't have Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll's still around. I mean, is Pete Carroll going to stay through a rebuild? I don't think it's going to be – I don't think it's safe to say at all that he would stay through a rebuild. Um, so it's, it's, it's not a bright future. Um, it's relatively – dim i'd say i mean for the time being it's always funny to kind of think about it you know since um late late uh late september maybe early october that the mariners have right now a brighter future uh than the seahawks it seems um which was not the case for the longest time you know in seattle sports for the longest time it was um uh, it was the Mariners, you know, kind of be at the bottom. The Storm, you know, four titles, 
Sounders' data consistency and the Seahawks were also a state of consistency as well for a time being. Uh, you know, the Rain haven't hosted a home playoff match since 2015 that changed uh, this year, but, you know, sadly to an unsuccessful variety. Um, but yeah, the Seahawks were, you know, kind of a staple for the longest time, you know, um, more than likely the highest uh, merchandise getter in this city, you know, and the future doesn't look good for them right now. So it's, it's a, it's a frustrating and disappointing time. I'm not even necessarily frustrated right now. I mean, and I haven't been for, you know, weeks with this team. It's more so just disappointment. I didn't even really come into this season with high expectations simply because of, you know, I was just kind of waiting to see how things played out. I think if you go back to those episodes where Bennett and I, uh, as Omari as well, were kind of previewing this season, it was kind of like, okay, let's just see how things go. Things have not gone well. We're sitting here with a three and seven team. Russell doesn't look like himself. Um, running back is a position of question. Um, there's still big questions on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, it's just, it's, it's not an ideal situation. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a frustrating matter for the time being. Um, and it, it, this, this is going to be another off season of uncertainty. I feel like, um, if you're a Seattle fan, so, um, we go into stat leaders here. Uh, Russell Wilson, excuse me, completed 14 of his 26 attempts for 270 yards. He fumbled twice, but was able to recover both. Uh, rushing, Alex Collins had 10 carries for 36 yards. Uh, receiving, Tyler Lockett had four receptions for 115 yards, most of those coming on a 78-yard reception. Uh, Tackles-wise, young linebacker Jordan Brooks had 15 total tackles, 11 solo, one tackle for loss, and one quarterback hit. In the turnover department, there were none. The defense was not able to force any turnovers against the Cardinals, despite uh, Colt McCoy being the quarterback. Um, offensive and defensive MVPs. On the offensive side of the ball, I had Tyler Lockett. I feel like uh, he's been doing his job throughout this season. Um, you know, early a few games he did, he had big blow, big breakout games, and he's been a relatively steady flow of consistency for this team. Um it's just, you know, uh, when I talk about any one of these players, uh, when I talk about any one of these players on the offensive side of the ball, that's not Russell Wilson, or even Russell Wilson included, it's always like, oh, their potential is being wasted because there's so much talent on the side of the ball and it just doesn't get utilized. Even the running backs, the run game is not creative. The run game is not. It's, it's, it's not where it needs to be, you know, with the type of talent you've got, you know, it's not being used to its full ability. These players are not being put in positions to succeed accurately. Um, so it's just a frustrating thing. Um, defensively, uh, Jordan Brooks, I've had Jordan Brooks as my player of the game, just because he's been a guy, you know, a long, young linebacker really could have used uh, the help of KJ right this year, you know, not only, uh, on the field itself in games, but also um, also helping guys like Jordan Brooks develop. You know, there's some young players on this uh, defense, and uh, you can't tell me that it wouldn't help to have KJ Wright on this team, helping those guys develop and grow and uh, just become better players. Um, so uh, Jordan Brooks, though, has done a relatively good job. You know, like I said, me talking about losing KJ, um, despite that, 
Um, Jordan Brooks has done a good job, I feel like, uh, for a good amount uh, by just by, you know, he's, he's been in the stat leader uh, for tackles for a good amount of this season. So, you know, for that to happen was it's, it's, uh, it's good to see that um, just because, you know, losing, K, losing KJ Wright is just a big thing. It's a big thing, uh, especially after the year he had last season. Uh, an injury-related news, uh, prior to game time, it was announced that running back Chris Carson uh, will have season-ending neck surgery and is aiming to getting back next season. Um, oh, um, So his 2021 stats look like 54 carries, 232 yards, and three touchdowns. Carson has never played a full season, the closest being in 2019 when he played 15 games of the 16 that year. Um, and it is, it would not be a foregone conclusion to think that Seattle will look for a new running back this offseason because, again, um, to go back to, you know, not playing a full season, it's really hard to commit to a guy who you know more than likely will not be around for the entirety of the season. I know that, you know, every football team, there's going to be injuries. There's no football team that you look at um, in the NFL and you say, hey, those guys got out of this season relatively, you know, they got out of the season without a, an injury. That does not ever happen. Um, so, you know, just uh, just frustrating. Um, I know for him, obviously, it's frustrating. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that some of those weren't his fault. But uh, when it comes to it, it's not about, I mean, I, I can't, you know, just um, give him a pass all the time. It, it's, you know, at the end of the day, a aspect of player value in this league um, is about how availability, availability is such a big thing. Um in this league and when you're not somebody that's going to be available you're not going to be as valuable as the next guy that's you know somebody who hasn't missed any games you know um or is you know more than likely made uh, a, a large majority of the games that he's uh been needed for so you know that's uh carson it's it's tough you know because it's off season uh, i don't think anybody in this show thought that we would be able to keep chris carson on this team I uh, thought that he would get paid somewhere else, and uh, I thought we were fortunate to get him back. And it's another season again where we're saying, hey, Chris Carson has gone. Um, so, yeah, don't be surprised to see Seattle draft a few running backs or maybe even look to acquire one uh, in the offseason uh, via trade or free agency. Uh, game day inactives, cornerback DJ Reed was inactive. Uh, cornerback Gavin Hesloff was activated off of the practice squad in response to this. Quarterback Jacob Eason, center Dakota Shepley, tackle Jamarco Jones, and defensive ends Robert and Kemdichi and LJ Collier were all the game day inactives for the game against Arizona. Um, Collier is another healthy scratch, and that's, I believe, you know, we've just reached game 10. It is, I believe it's eight out of 10 weeks that he's been a healthy scratch. So, uh, you know, the rumors of him being potentially traded at the deadline, uh, you know, it just... Uh, looks even worse because you didn't trade him and he's just effectively taking up very space, uh, taking up very space, taking up space at this point. Um, coming out of the game, there were two main injuries to sort of look at here. 
Uh, post-game, cornerback Trey Brown suffered a patellar tendon injury. Um, and it was announced today on Monday. So by the time you're hearing us, it's Tuesday. Um, it was announced that a day after Trey Brown left the game with a knee injury, Pete Carroll confirmed that the rookie will need surgery to repair his patellar tendon injury that is more than likely going to be season-ending. Um, so, I mean... So, you know, that just means another hit, uh, another season-ending injury. Um, yeah, that's just – it's um, – geez, you know, Trey Brown in the past few weeks has really been able to get his opportunity to shine, get his opportunity to start, really show out, had some good plays in the Packers game, uh, started back in the uh, Steelers game where he was first trying to make an impact – and now a season's done. You know, we just got finished talking about Chris Carson having a season finish. So two key contributors going out for the season. Uh, just just frustrating. Um, it, yeah, like, my, I mean, my total demeanor for being tight, completely honest um, about the season's been, like I said, it's just been disappointment. There's you know, disappointment in not necessarily being able to live up to the expectations, disappointment, and not being able to keep up in the division. Um, and now, you know, you see uh, these injuries. It's like, well, shoot, you know, guys that, you know, we would need if we wanted to go down the stretch and really compete. Um, <laughs> ironic to use that, that word. Um, you know, if you really wanted to compete, um, in this division and really be a part of something like this uh, and make a potential playoff run, um, then you would have it would have needed to start against the Cardinals, and now that's not going to happen. Um, so, yeah. Again, my main word when talking about the Seahawks has been disappointment. Um, so team related notes: November sixteenth, the team signed linebacker Edmund Robinson to the practice squad. Uh, November 20th, Carlos Dunlap was fined $10,000 for throwing Packers players, uh, a Packers player's shoe during the game. Uh, legal aid notes the NFL has microchips in its football to help footballs to help determine spots, uh, but the te- technology is not advanced enough to go. Um, the technology is not advanced enough to be able to be utilized to help determine touchdowns or not. So that is something to keep a note on. Um, going forward just because that sort of technology could really help in reviews and uh, different items like that. Um, it's interesting to know that the technology has already been instituted. Um, it's just not at that point yet, which is okay. It's good to know that it's being developed though. Um, and then the NFL is ramping up COVID-19 protocols. The NFL is instituting stricter health and safety protocols, regardless of vaccination status. The Seahawks, Seahawks hit a current record of three wins and seven losses. They are fourth in the NFC West. Um, looking ahead on week 12 starts November 29th at the Washington football team on Monday night football with a 5 15 PM Pacific time start on ESPN. So, you know, it's funny to think that the, um, the week after the Seahawks I've named their season over you know, lost season that they will get to play on Monday night football on prime time in front of the lights. 
against a Washington team that just beat the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. So uh, we will see how that honor goes. Uh, moving over to Mariners news here as we continue the offseason uh, for the Seattle Baseball Club. Um, no game recap, obviously. No injury news, luckily, to report. Uh, team-related news, uh, AL Manager of the Year award was given out. It was not Scott Service. It would be Tampa Bay Rays manager uh, Kevin Cash. Uh, Cash did lead his team to the best record in baseball um, after making the World Series last season. Um but, you know, just considering uh, some of the, lay, the way that the Mariners won their games and late game situations uh, and overperforming expectations, I, I think it would have made sense to give Scott the award. Uh, regardless, uh, just a little tidbit, the Mariners were 6-1 and one this season against Cash and the Rays. Uh, the main part of the Mariners news segment, though, is that Ichiro Suzuki will be d- inducted into the Mariners Hall of Fame. Um, The induction celebration will take place from August 26th through 28th, with August 27th being the date that the pregame ceremony will take place. Uh, Ichiro is still an instructor on the Mariners uh, when they are at home and the Tacoma Rainiers when the Mariners are on the road, as well as being a special advisor uh, to John Stanton. Um, It is something that uh, it was just a matter of time for this to happen. Um, but I also figure that it's a matter of time before Ichiro has his iconic number 51 retired. Uh, Ooh, actually that might be tough uh, just because of the franchise's history with Randy Johnson. There we go. That's why that hurts. Sorry. Uh, Sometimes my mind forgets things. Um, But yes, I have to figure, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how the team um, handles that situation. Um, yeah, hmm. but you know, at, at least for that going forward, uh, past that, uh, I have to figure that each road would be the next guy to get a statue outside of T Mobile Park. It would just make sense, uh, at least to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, each road's got everything coming to him. Um, I have to figure that's just, you know, something that's coming uh, as well as, you know, making the Hall of Fame first ballot in 2025, I believe, is when, um, yeah, I figure that's just a matter of time. Um, and Koresh Ichiro, I mean, he has been, I, I, I shared this story uh, when I recorded the episode of Circling Sales Sports on Converge. Um you know, as someone who works at the ballpark, uh, I remember I got to the ballpark, uh, I believe it was two, two and a half hours prior to when I was supposed to start my shift. So I went to go help around the stadium and I was moving around the concourse level, uh, main concourse level. And I noticed somebody was out in the center, in center field, just running dead sprint, um, and I thought that's weird, you know, knowing what time it was, knowing it was like two o'clock, uh, 2 p.m. And, you know, first pitch was at seven o'clock. Shift doesn't start till four. It's like, huh, that's kind of weird. Lo and behold, I recognize Ichiro Suzuki out there running dead sprint, you know, are retired. You know, this is this is last season. 
you know, this is 2021. <sighs> Running dead sprint. Who else but Ichiro? You know, so uh, a legend to be sure. A legend uh, to put it lightly. And I think legend is an understatement. Uh, in league-related news, MLB owners will house minor league players. Uh, the league announced Thursday that owners will pay for housing for roughly 90% of all minor league players starting in 2022. Teams will be required to provide housing in a commutable distance from each ballpark. Uh, the accommodations must include one bed per player, and no more than two players can share the same room. Player facilities can and will be furnished, and teams will pay for basic utilities. Players have the option to opt out of club-provided housing. Uh, and then Commissioner Rob Manfred talks about a potential lockout. Uh, he said that a lockout that moves the collective bargaining agreement process forward could, in fact, help avoid future labor disputes. Uh, and so he said it is about avoiding damage to the season. So it almost seems like he is encouraging a lockout. Um, uh, yeah, that's it's interesting to think. It's just it would be really helpful if the Mariners could avoid uh, a lockout simply because, for their sake, you know, they're working on um, you know, as, as this is one of the more important. Uh, f- off seasons you know in probably one of the most important off seasons today just because of how much um is falling on next season uh how much is coming off of last season you know this is prime opportunity to strike um prime opportunity to strike and just really uh, solidify this roster um and you look at it Right now, uh, the Mariners have to sign a few key, free, not a few, there are some really key spots to fill um, and additions to be made. And a lockout could hurt that just because, you know, different guys could get extra looks at different teams. Um, and it could just push back your entire planning um, of what, what you had in store already. So it's... it's um, a lockout could be bad for multiple reasons. Uh, and you just hope it wouldn't delay a season at all, let alone, uh, you know, playing into anything with uh, the Mariners free agency plans. So that is, that is certainly something to keep an eye on. Um, oops. Where did my notes go? My notes disappeared. With that being said, uh, nothing really else to pay attention to. Uh, just free agency still working on that for the Mariners. Uh, this is your time to check out Homs Seattle. That is H-O-M-S-S-E-A-T-T-L-E.com. Homs Seattle. Homs has your back in a loving big brother kind of way. Our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time. Moving into our Seattle Sounders news who are in the postseason. There is no game recap. No injury. Oh, well, uh, new who will not be available for the game uh, on Tuesday against Real Salt Lake in the first round of the playoffs. Jimmy Madranda is questionable. Um, So there is that. But I have no game recap because the Sounders first round playoff uh, matchup is Tuesday, November 23rd versus Real Salt Lake with a 7.30 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. Yes, Tuesday. Um, So that is really frustrating. Uh, And so this... Will come out, you know, uh, about four and a half hours 
before that game starts. So, yeah, that is frustrating. But we will have that coverage uh, coming for you next week. Uh, no Seattle Storm direct news, just WNBA-related news. The WNBA will change their playoff format. There will be three rounds before the finals. Uh, it will be a best-of-three, five-five format. That means that the first round is a best-of-three. The second round and the third round are best of five. Uh, and there will be no more bye week for the highest seeds in both conferences. So no bye week. Um, it's kind of an interesting, kind of an interesting factoid there. Uh, looking ahead. I mean, it's the same thing as the Mariners really. We're just looking at free agency. Um, a lot of the players are playing in the Euro leagues right now. And there really hasn't been much WNBA news in general. Um, this is your time to check out Maestro Athletics. It is M-A-E-S-T-R-O-A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-S. That is M-A-E-S-T-R-O-A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-S, Maestro Athletics. Um, I know that the Kraken hat and shorts drop just happened. Um, so they might have some available. I highly doubt it, but they're always coming out with new and interesting stuff. Uh, so if you get the chance, go and check them out in Seattle, Kraken related news. Speaking of which, uh, the Kraken played three games over the past week, November 17th versus Chicago Blackhawks. They would lose that game four to two and another game against one of the NHL's original six, uh, played the game would be center Yanni Gord, uh, scoring one goal with a one plus minus four shots on goal, four hits. 11 faceoffs one November 19th versus the Colorado avalanche uh, Seattle would lose that game in brutal fashion seven to three uh, player of the game would be center Colin Blackwell uh, one goal four shots on goal and four faceoff wins and in November 21st versus the Washington Capitals the third uh, best team in the league Seattle would win that game five to two in bounce back fashion to snap their six game losing streak Player of the game would be center Jaden Schwartz with one goal, three assists, four points, a two plus minus, five shots, one hit, one block, and a 100% faceoff percentage. Uh, so, yeah, it has uh, been a tough past six game stretch for the Kraken here, as I mentioned, losing six of those games in a row. But to get a big bounce back win against the Capitals, you know, playing a great offensive team with Alex Ovechkin, uh, having Tom Wilson is a defenseman who can really score and who did score in this game. Um, ironic, both the guys I mentioned are guys that scored. Um, but, you know, the defense uh, outside of that played really good. Uh, Philip Grubauer was able to really, you know, play with some good defensemen and then really have some great saves in this game. Um, this I'm hoping, and I've said this since the game ended, I'm hoping that this is a game where Seattle can look at it down the road and say, hey, this is where we really got things going. This is where we really caught a stride. Um, but it doesn't get any easier in these next few games, in the next few weeks for the Kraken. Um, luckily, no injury news to report. Uh, the team sits at a 5-12-1 record. That is five wins, 12 losses, and one overtime loss. Uh, giving them 11 points, uh, 10 for the five wins. It is two per win uh, and one for the overtime loss. Uh, the division standing is eighth in the Pacific Division currently. Looking ahead, the Kraken will have four games until uh, in the period of time until we next get back with you. Uh, November 24th versus the Carolina Hurricanes. That is a 7 p.m. Pacific time puck drop. November 26th at the Tampa Bay Lightning. That is a 4 p.m. Pacific time puck drop. 
November 27th at the Florida Panthers. That is a 3 p.m. Pacific time puck drop. And November 29th at the Buffalo Sabres. That is a 4 p.m. Pacific time puck drop. Heading into our OL rain, we will have a uh, season recap for you next week. Uh, so keep on the lookout for that. And team-related news, Jennifer Marozan was named to the German national team for the November World Cup qualifiers. Um, um, and the NWSL awards were... Um, the NWSL awards that the Reign were involved in were announced. Uh, Laura Harvey wins the 2021 NWSL Coach of the Year Award. This was Harvey's third time winning the award, the most of any coach in the league. She previously received the award in 2014 and 2015 with the Reign uh, when she led the team to back-to-back NWSL Shields and championship final appearances. Uh, after she won the award in 2015, she was the first coach to win the award on multiple occasions. Uh, this past season, Ray Harvey joined the Reign uh, after the conclusion of the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo and had an immediate impact with the team, uh, partially thanks to assistant coach Sam Lady, who served as interim coach uh, after a rough start to the season that included picking up just seven points from seven games and the departure of former head coach Reed Benstiti. Assistant coach Sam Lady began to set the Reign on the right path. Through six matches, through six matches that Lady was in charge, uh, the rain earned 12 points with a 4-2-0 record. Harvey seamlessly transitioned into coaching the rain. Uh, once upon her return, she led the team to a second seed finish, ending the season with a 7-2-2 regular season record as head coach. This comeback finish also allowed the rain to host a playoff match for the first time since the 2015 season. And then Jess Fishlock, the Welsh legend, was named the 2021 NWSL MVP in her first season back since suffering an ACL injury and a double meniscus tear in 2019 of uh, July that year. Um, Fishlock played in 24 matches throughout the season, including one playoff match. She totaled an impressive 100, pardon me, 1,888 minutes played, the second most minutes played by any player uh, this season on the reign, just behind Sofia Huerta. The tenacious midfielder scored five goals and added four assists, including a brace against the Red Stars. Uh, on October 10th to kickstart the Reign 3-2 win. Uh, Fishlock was named to the Team of the Month three times this past season in May, August, and October, uh, and also earned Save of the Week once. Fishlock is a veteran midfielder uh, who is incredibly invaluable to the Reign. Uh, she is, uh, without a doubt, the glue and the engine that go- makes this team go, uh, contribu- contributing both offensively and defensively. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, she registered an impressive passing accuracy of 76.4% and provided 47 key passes across 23 games. Welsh Legends' offensive efforts this season were highlighted by a three-game scoring tear from July 24th to August 8th. She finished. She first scored a game-winning goal in the All Reigns win over the uh, Orlando Pride, followed the next week with an assist in the team's 2-0 victory against Racing Louisville. She concluded the stretch with a goal and two assists in the Reigns 5-1 dash uh, Dash five to one uh, mauling of the Houston Dash. Her defensive efforts, though, uh, were just as notable as she won 63% of her tackles and provided 13 clearances and 21 interceptions throughout the course of the season. Uh, she displayed her defensive skills fully on October 16th with a goal line clearance against the Washington Spirit. The save went on to earn her save of the week honors. 
Jess Fishlock is the second ranked player to receive the MVP award in the league after Kim Little did so in 2014. The 2021 MVP award marks Fishlock's first individual NWSL award since joining the league in 2013. In other news, uh, for the rain, five Oral players were named to the NWSL Best 11 first team and second team. On the first team side, Alana Cook, Jess Fislock, and Eugenie Le Sommer were all voted. And then the second team, Sofia Huerta and Bethany Balser were voted. In league-related news, uh, Washington Spirit, who beat the rain in the semifinal game, would go on to win the NWSL title against the Chicago Red Stars. It would be their Spirit's first title in franchise history. So with that all being said, uh, major congratulations to Jess Fishlock, Laura Harvey uh, for winning their respective awards, as well as uh, Sophia Huerta, Bethany Balser. Um, oof. Sophia Huerta, Bethany Balser. Sorry. Uh, Eugenia Lysamar, Lysamar, Jess Fishlock, and Alana Cook uh, for winning NWSL Best 11 uh, first and second team honors. Looking ahead, the rain really, uh, outside of the season recap that we'll have for you next week, the rain really had, uh, don't have much going on outside of preparation for the expansion draft that will take place in December uh, for the San Diego and LA expansion drafts. That is the San Diego Wave and LA uh, Angel FC. Uh, No Sonics news, no Dragons news um, for the respective time being in UW Athletics. Going into UW football here, uh, November 20th at the Colorado Buffaloes, the Huskies will lose the game 20 to 17. Um, ooh, is that really the score? Uh, UW will have a losing season and will not have a bowl game this year. Um, let me check that just to be sure. Um, remember what I said about uh, UW. Uh, not UW football, uh, Seahawks football. Yeah, it was 20 to 17. Yes, yeah, same feeling about the Huskies. Uh, offensive side of the ball can't do anything. Um, this time they'll go to the quarterback, I know is not proven. Um, and I just don't know what the future is going forward. Uh, just got to figure out the coaching situation first and foremost. In terms of game leaders passing, Dylan Morris completed 33 of his 52 attempts for 387 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Rushing Cameron Davis was on the ground with 12 carries for 29 yards. Receiving Devin Culp had six receptions for 83 yards. Uh, Tackles-wise, Collar Gordon had six total tackles, five solo, one tackle for loss, and one pass deflection. And there were no turnovers forced by the Husky defense. The team sits at a four-win, seven-loss record, fifth in the Pac-12 North, and obviously not nationally ranked. Uh, Team News former coach Jimmy Lake stated that he was proud to be a Husky in reaction to being fired last week. Uh, several recruits have doubled down on their commitment to UW despite the termination of Jimmy Lake's contract as a head coach. And in terms of head coach related search, um, UW reportedly is interested in Baylor Bears head coach Dave Aranda and Chip Kelly deflects rumors linking him to UW. Looking ahead, November 26th versus the Washington State Cougars. This is the Apple Cup with a 5 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. Uh, and basketball related news, uh, news on the men's side. Uh, the Huskies men's team played November 18th versus Wyoming. They would lose that game 77 to 72. November 18th versus Wyoming. They would lose that game 77 to 72. Uh, player of the game would be Terrell Brown Jr. Uh, recording 30 points, uh, three rebounds, three assists, two steals, and one block. 
November 22nd versus George Mason University. Uh, UW win that game 77 to 74. Play the game would be Terrell Brown Jr. once again with 23 points, four assists, and eight rebounds. Um, and team related news for the men's team uh, four guard, store, four star guard committed to UW, Corin Johnson, who previously decommitted from San Diego State, verbally committed to UW. Um, so that's good to get uh, just because this Husky team, uh, relatively under the um, coaching of Mike Hopkins has not exactly had the best um, has not exactly had the best um, pardon me I'm forgetting what what I'm searching for the words here had the best luck recruiting uh, so the team record sits at two and two um, they are doesn't really matter where they're in the Pac-12 standings right now because not many nobody's played conference play yet uh, looking ahead their upcoming games are November 23rd versus South Dakota State with a 6.30 p.m. tip-off, November 24th versus Nevada with a 4 p.m. tip-off, and a November 27th game versus Winthrop with a 7 p.m. tip-off. For the women's basketball team, they played one game over the past week, November 20th versus number 10 Louisville. Uh, they would lose that game 61-53. to uh, Player of the game would be Haley Van Dyke with 15 points, 7 rebounds, 1 assist, and 1 block. Um the Lady Huskies were able to relatively shut down um, star guard uh, Haley Van Lith, who is actually from Kashmir, Washington. Um, it was a tough game overall, um, but UW was not able to pull out pull it out. Uh, it was one of those games, though, where you know more than likely the team will look at down the road and say this was a game that really showed you what the team can do. Um, and really was just a good show. Um, really just, just what a good show for the team, uh, to push, uh, this Louisville team that's ranked 10th in the country. Um, so the team now sits a three on one record. Uh, their upcoming games are November 25th versus VCU with a 12 PM Pacific time tip off. And, uh, and November 27th versus UNC with a 9 AM Pacific time tip off. Uh, that is in the Bahamas actually. No baseball news, uh, softball news. The UW team was invited to the St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational uh, starting February 18th versus Tennessee. They also play the LSU Tigers that day, February 19th versus Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, and then February 20th versus Clemson. Uh, so that is what we've got to look forward to for the softball team, simply because that's just further down the road. Uh, soccer, the men's team played Portland over the past week. And the first, the second round of the NCAA tournament, winning that game three to one. Play the game would be Dylan Tevis recording a hat trick uh, to help advance the Huskies to that game. Uh, the Huskies actually had two thousand three hundred and twenty-four people in attendance for that game, which is the most in three years. Um, looking ahead, the and it's a good poll. That's a good question. I do not know what is next. So let's look at that. Um, because this is round three of the NCAA tournament now. UW is ranked uh, the second highest seed uh, in the tournament. So let's just go to the bracket. Uh, yes, okay. UW will play in 15th seeded Indiana. Uh, that is 11-27, November 27th, with a 5 p.m. Pacific time uh, kickoff. The women's team, we have a season recap for you next week. Uh, still working on getting that done. And then the volleyball team, 
Uh, played November 19th versus Oregon State, winning that game three to nothing. Play of the game would be Shannon Crenshaw with 16.5 total points. And then November 21st versus Oregon uh, with a three to nothing win, sweeping Oregon, uh, completing a sweep this past week over the Oregon teams. Play of the game would be Samantha Drexel with 18 total points. Um, the Huskies now sit at a 22 and four record, 12th in the, Nash, uh, in the nation. Um, uh, the next games are November 24th at Colorado with a 12 p.m. Pacific time start and November 27th versus number 22 ranked Washington state in the Apple cup with a one Pacific time start. So a busy, another busy week in Seattle sports. Um, Seahawks continue to disappoint. Uh, the Mariners still relatively quiet this free agency. I mean, most of the league has been quiet anyway. Uh, the Sounders have a big game uh, later today. If you're listening to it on Tuesday, Storm are still relatively quiet. The Kraken had a, a couple tough losses, but a good bounce back win against the Capitals and an important week coming up. Uh, the Rain players take home some hardware, some of the members of the team. Um, no Sonics news, no Dragons news. You know, football continues to disappoint. Men's basketball, tough loss against Wyoming. That's brutal. Uh, I guess a good bounce back win against George Mason. The women's team, if there ever is a good loss, it's one of those ones where you 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 push a good team and you learn about it from yourselves. Learn about yourselves from it. There we go. Uh, I, I guess yeah, I'd say that loss to Louisville was one of those. Um, nothing doing for baseball. Softball, we get some information about when they'll play next. Soccer, a big win against Portland to advance in the NCAA tournament. Uh, women's team, nothing doing. And volleyball, some great wins to help lead them into the next two uh, the two next to two games that is the final two games of the regular season. So with that being said, I am a little bit tired. I'm sounded goofy. Uh, so I wish you well. I'll see you next Tuesday. Who pardon my French. Uh, I will see you November 30th until then take care, be safe and be well. Baba Bowie.